0: Welcome to The Byte, episode five. Um, What are we talking about today,
1: Alex? Today we're going to be talking about learning to code. We're going to touch upon the early days of your coding careers and kind of fly through that. And then we're going to move on to kind of like top tips for someone looking to code. And more experienced coders how they can kind of build on their existing knowledge. Because, obviously, that's what you guys are doing day in, day out. Always building. So, Ross, you want to kick us off? I know you're speaking about your early inspirations.
2: Uh, yeah, early inspirations were more towards, like, the creativity side of things. So, for me, it was all about kind of owning owning something. And it could have been, you know, a piece of design. could have been a piece of paper. But the fact that you, like, created it, you did it. So, we're, like, when I was really young, I used to have this fascination with tape. Which is a bit of a weird one. And I used to, like, facilitate models. So, like, I used to create models. And then from there, um, it kind of translated into, like, film and media. So, I used to, like, make little, you know, like, Steven Spielberg juniors, like, make those type of films. Nice. And then, um, yeah, I think, ad- I think at that point, I was, like, this must have been, like, I was, like, 11 or something like that. I was making, I made my first website for one of my films to, like, advertise it it was going to go you know it's going to go big but didn't quite make it hmm. um and then from that i started getting into forums um so i started doing like uh copying i think it was called it was called envision which is not the envision that we did now but envision boards which is like popular forum software um and i remember someone had made a free version of that and it was basically an early open source project and i was like amazed by this the fact that you could like have your own forum online and everything uh, and so f- during that, I was kind of picking up a bit of HTML, CSS sort of stuff. And then uh, it was written in PHP. So I started picking up PHP. Um, and then after that, I started, I think I found like Flipper or whatever the alternative was at that time. And I noticed people were uh, like buying and selling these things. So I think I bought, I bought a website called famousgeek.com. And it was basically a really terrible blog about famous geeks right so like Jeff Bezos and all that that's what it says on the tin Mm -hmm. and uh the content was all right it was all right the content it just looked terrible so I like cleaned it up and I managed to flip it for like 100% like markup of what I bought for and I think that was kind of like I was in love from that point with like the web side of things and I mean um and this was still like this is before university before college I believe and then College came and you could sp- start to specialise in things, so uh, took up computing there, uh, learned a bit more about programming there, still, still enjoyed it, then yeah, went to university to study computer science kept learning all through, and it's always been kind of learning just by application of different projects that I've had over the, over
1: the years Yeah, so you, sp- you spoke about uh, early days PHP mm-hmm. was that, did you kind of sit down and be like, right I need to know PHP for this. Let me do, let me open a book. No, let not at
2: all. Um, it was more, it, I didn't even care like what the language was. Mm-hmm. It was just like, how do I do my, how do I complete my objective? And my objective at the time was probably something really simple, like, oh, I need to add a bit more information or I need to remove some information. And you just kind of hack your way through it. And I think it's all about the determination side of things. That, that will get you, That will get you through any, type of language um especially when it's like beginner level
1: oh there we go Ross. uh so steve what about you
0: um for me i think what really got me into well i started with websites as well um but before kind of websites it was building computers uh to make my gaming experience much better so, the hardware, I used to play a lot of games on my computer. Um, and I started playing on a laptop, which was a very old school laptop, and it overheated like crazy. And so, first thing I bought was like a cooling fan. Um, and then I had like multiple fans around me whilst I was playing <laughs> games, they <laughs> it got a bit too hot. My hands were burning like, literally, they turned red because it was so hot.
1: What games were you playing there?
0: I was just Counter Strike one point six. <laughs> it's not, it's not a graphic intensive game, but <laughs> even, th- even that game, uh, you could do all these con- configurations and on the forums of the games and things, everyone kinda posted how you can improve the performance, how you can improve the game graphics or decrease the graphics to inc- increase the performance and the FPS. Um, and that got me interested in kind of how you can manipulate something to get a reward out of it. In like 'cause I could see the rewards by playing the game, I could play the game better yeah. by doing that. Uh, and then I kind of joined a clan in my game, and then for the clan, I, w- I wanted to build a website 'cause everyone was building websites, everyone had their own website. It was like a roster. Um, so I got a, a not so legal version of Dreamweaver <laughs> <laughs> and uh, started designing the website 'cause that was a design tool, but you could sort of export it as a html and css uh hosted that locally for a long time and then my one of my friends had a, a server going because i hosted like a counter-strike server and then hosted the website on there and that i kind of learned about kind of hosting websites and things like that from that uh and then gaming led me to doing uh computing at college uh it wasn't much programming going on in college, it was still kind of websites and things and then on to university, where the focus was a lot more on uh i guess system programming mm. and application programming as opposed to websites, which was completely different i found uh so we touched on kind of c c plus plus and and java a lot of textbook learning right a lot of textbook learning, a lot of words that I didn't know uh. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, it, it was only until there was a real interest in, I guess, mobile was the first thing that I, I had a major interest in learning how to program properly. And then, yeah, that kick started the whole programming career.
1: And then, how did you, g- how did you go about Ask Ross this? Was it for mobile programming? Did you kind of look up, right, let me learn Swift or, uh, before that, what that language was, um, Objective C? It, Objective C. I don't,
0: for I don't, for me, it wasn't what language I need to learn. It was how do I do this.
1: Yeah, so similar objective. Yeah, kind of like objective driven learning.
2: Yes, yeah, it's it's kind of a thing we are always a big advocate about. Like even internally, we try and promote. If you're trying to explore stuff, to make sure you have a task that you're aiming towards, because it doesn't necessarily matter how you get there, because you will learn along the way, and a lot of the time, you'll be. You know, you'll be itching to throw away that project and start again because you know that you can do it better the second time round, and that's a sign of progress. This means you learn. Like, I, you know, there's a quite a good saying of you should be like really embarrassed by your code if it's six months uh, like old. Yeah. And if you're not, you're probably not moving or learning as fast enough. Um, yeah, and absolutely. Like, I'm always, yeah, I'm always like embarrassed by code, l- pretty much like five minutes later because I <laughs> thought of a better way that I could do it. Mm. Um, and you yeah, see, weighing up that versus getting stuff done.
1: Yeah, oh, that's interesting. So um, back in your college days, spoke about you weren't doing anything kind of that advanced there. Do how do you see that kind of level of education? Do you think they should be pushed more towards?
0: Um, for for my college anyway, uh, I did a sort of diploma. It wasn't A levels. Mm-hmm. I did sort of diplomas, slightly different. But in that diploma, I did something around kind of Cisco uh, networking, and did like a networking course uh it was and uh, that kind of taught me the again the applications of how you can learn to um or or kind of building things it was just building things and like yeah. getting an input and getting an output and then that kind of s- laid the foundations out saying like anything is really possible i guess that's the, the idea of programming really
1: yeah interesting for me My somewhat low level of kind of like front end stuff, Uh, websites again. Uh, It was kind of I started with WordPress, been websites for whatever. And it got to a point where I was kept looking at how to change WordPress themes Hmm. and how to alter them. And I kept going on these forums, and they, you know, the kind of support team was saying, Oh, yeah, it was just CSS, just putting CSS into the theme. And I thought, I'm wasting all this time learning how to mess with this theme why not just kind of st- start from start from scratch you know scrap the wordpress and kind of went from there but yeah so yeah, it's kind of objective objective driven to mm. a certain extent as well
0: yeah and uh, at this point uh, for you and, and Alex for Ross and Alex was any was there any monetary gain for you to start programming
2: uh, no not when I was like 12 or whatever <laughs> like it wasn't yeah. it wasn't monetary um. at all
1: Probably not really, no. But maybe with the kind of sort of idea that like one day, yes. Hmm. Um, And, you know, everyone, if you're kind of beginning and you're kind of speaking about it with people, everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's great. Hmm. Great to learn, great to get into, great to know. Um,
0: I think I I always thought it was uh, kind of a a, a value of other people what other people thought of you if you could create something uh, What do you like mean y- by that? Y- like you have a hidden skill sort of like ma- magic the magic element of creating something that no one else
2: knows how to do Yeah
1: Yeah I can agree with that cause Especially as
2: a young Yeah kid, cause When you were growing up did you always have that one friend that could use Photoshop <laughs> Yeah <laughs> But you couldn't and you <laughs> thought they were the you know they had that yeah. was the secret genius you are know, like oh can you do me my forum <laughs> avatar or you know or that
1: Yeah, that was the same with kind of making movies and stuff as well. People were just like, "Wow,
2: yeah, it's like like, oh Windows Movie Maker."
1: (laughs) Yeah, when I uh, when I used to uh, mess about um, videos, I got green screen. I used to show show (laughs) people, and they'd just be like amazed. (laughs) And I'd like I used to look up all this uh, chroma key chroma key technology.
0: (laughs) And it's just like having that. like a USB the guy who had the USB with full of games <laughs> and he just passed it along <laughs> 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 it's always one.
1: I wonder where that's yeah. that started on there yeah I wonder if there's like one guy <laughs> just
2: dishing out USBs all the time
1: it's in there slightly off topic but there's a, in Cuba they have a network of kind of these USB sticks that have a lot of like programs like American and like TV series music and media oh all right really interesting but anyway <laughs> So, we want to touch upon kind of if someone's listening now and they wanted to to be begin coding, yeah, what would kind of be your top tips or kind of like actionable steps for them
2: uh step one would be like define what you wanna do, so like set a target, whether that's build a website, launch a website for for something in particular, yeah. build an app uh and then the second would be like go away and do some research into like how not it doesn't have to be like how to learn to code but just like how do the pieces of those puzzles fit together if you're building an app you probably need a backend server how does that work and then there's bits that you can kind of trim out of that um, for instance I like a back end so you can use something like push uh, Firebase and from that point you'll start to learn a bit more about these technologies and become a bit more immersed in it and then go and find and then go and start breaking down your problem break your problem down into smaller problems um, And then from that point, you'll probably start to find like similar stuff out there. So if you go to GitHub, um, there's tons of open source projects on there. Um, And you'll tend to find something that's fairly similar to probably what you want, or if not, has like some similarities in terms of UI. And then you can just look at that, run it, run it up on your phone, um, you know, follow the instructions to launch like as a website in a local environment. Uh, And then do kind of what we've been talking about, tinker it, you know, change it a little bit try and massage it into what you want it to be and eventually you'll realize ah I'm you know, I'm making progress here. Yeah. And you know, it's y- yeah, you'll start riding that curve and hopefully you start make it feel like you can get to somewhere. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it's it's like the uh the early days of when I was doing websites, you kinda of just view the source and then change things right on the web browser. It's that sort of element. But if you do that with a larger application like a, a mobile app and you manage to clone that and just tinker with it. We just learn, you learn so much from it.
1: So do you think that's that's quite a good way then to kind of start with something that exists and yep. start looking at it, breaking it down, yep. kind of try and make it your own?
0: It just breaks that immediate massive wall yeah. that you have to climb. Like yeah. canvas. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. That was interesting.
0: Um, and like Ross was saying with breaking things into smaller chunks, uh, just making progress, any, any progress will just feed it and mm. at the start you can feel so overwhelmed that like nothing you can't do anything but just trying to break it down into something that you can do yeah even a small project you don't you don't want to overwhelm yourself by giving yourself such a large task
1: yeah i think that is kind of one of the main boundaries is that you know if you want to draw something on a piece of paper and it's plain blank canvas right you you don't know where to start yeah if you're doing a wireframe you don't know where to start and if you're like approaching a whole new language or a whole like coding is a whole so where do you start how can I just where do I begin and kind of if you if you start with something as you mentioned you kind of get to see how you uh, editing things can actually make a difference like you're talking with Counter-Strike mm. 1.6
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and then I think as well the one of the struggles is keeping motivated so you maybe sort solve that first problem you feel that satisfaction you need to you need to keep it up and you need to dedicate like a serious amount of time uh, I I couldn't tell you how many hours I've like ploughed into development over like my lifetime. It's been a significant investment of my time. And it's same with like everyone else's specialism. Like don't expect to pick it up lightly. Um if you're serious about it you need to be serious about it and like put the de- put the time and effort in. Um and yeah, keep motivated. A good way to do that is like tell other people what your project is and they'll Probably ask about it every so often, and to save that embarrassment, you want to start making progress. Hmm.
1: That's interesting. How do you, how do you keep motivated, Steve?
0: Um, with like a pet project or
1: yeah, anything? Mm. Anything? Uh, yeah, more kind of like when you're learning. Yeah,
0: uh, I guess uh, having, th- uh, seeing, or like visualizing what the end result will be. Yeah. Um, and how good it will feel, it being made, and. Showing it to someone, um, and then I, I've, I feed off the making something that no one else knows how to make or having something that no one else has, element. So keeping yeah. it a secret is sometimes easier for me to m- get motivation.
1: Alright, so that kind of brings brings me on to the next point. Now where you are today, with your kind of base of knowledge, obviously you're still learning, you're still learning new technologies, still learning new methods. So kind of like augmented reality recently, it's been a, it's been a kind of new technology. Mm-hmm. How do you find learning that? And kind of, are you motivated to learn that, or are you kind of motivated to,
2: or why aren't you
1: motivated to just stick with one thing? Mm.
2: Yeah, I think it's a, it's a tricky one because some, some people in the tech community are very passionate about sticking to what they know. Yeah. Uh some people are like, you know, they want to ride the curve the whole way. I think there has to be a, a happy a, a balance between that, uh for me personally anyway. I find it's always particularly with technologies, it's just about the application of like the functional thinking. So um like with AR it's not you know, it's not a new technology, it's just a new application of yeah, it. Yeah. And so yeah, it's the same with like l- picking up a new programming language. Like most languages are very similar. They have, you know, if statements for it's You know, it's super. Unless you're going into completely different paradigms, but even then, there's a lot of similarities. I think if you um, look at those and you say, how how do you keep motivated to kind of make sure that you'll keep learning through that? You just have to remind yourself of the goals that you were trying to achieve again like set yourself ambitious targets to say alright this new project is like in a new tech or requires new tech like in a new field like AR um, and it just pushes you again to to do what you need to do to learn yeah. that and you've can't, you can move a bit faster because you, you'll you see something you go oh this is like what I've done before in a different way
1: so yep. again it's kind of having that object, objective driven goals of having the output and
2: yeah, it seems like we're saying the same thing, but it is a, is a, a okay. crucial yeah. part of, like, for us, mm-hmm. how you how you learn and how you ev- evolve. St- staying on the edge of technology curves as
0: well, like we try and do, does give you motivation because uh, you want to be the first out there. You want to make the best product uh, and
2: you want the rewards for it. But at the same time, you're combating new technology, yep. which is yeah. always painful experience. When Swift first came out, that was, I worked on the project like a few months after it came out and it was painful, so painful because there was so many bugs. It was like, you know, Xcode hardly worked, not that it does now, but it, you know, it would crash all, like every five minutes. It was so painful. And then you're like thinking, well, what I like, you kind of click and you think, oh, now I know why everyone, no one like evolves and like some people yeah. just use the same tech for, forever. Hmm. Um, and y- and you can see why because there's always like these, these kind of problems that you're gonna run into. New mm-hmm. caveats, new you know, new nuances.
1: So yeah, it's so it's kinda of like finding a balance between between the two, between just kind of sitting there and being like, oh, this is this is quite tedious, I've done done this for so long. Yeah. Versus I'm gonna need to walk out of the room <laughs> I'm getting so annoyed at X code. Toilet range. <laughs> and uh, we d- we spoke about it in the early days of the podcast back when the audio quality wasn't so crispy. Uh we s- we spoke about kind of that element of addictive programming and kind of those difficulties make the reward can make the reward so much sweeter. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that?
2: Yeah, uh it yeah, it can be dangerous. Um but at the same time I- you learn with experience as well. Like there'll be some things that you you kind of know should be simple. And that's when you probably get more frustrated is when you're like, yeah. why c- why can't I do this? Why can't I do this simple thing? Like if you, like if, if I was working in unity, why can't I move this? Yeah. Like, why can't I do this? And yeah, that, that really makes it. Think, uh, but then there's also kind of that relief of when you do do it, you're like, Oh, that's how you do it. And then that can like make such a breakthrough that then you can run miles on that breakthrough. Um,
0: yeah, I, d- I found myself getting more and more frustrated as I go more into programming. Oh, I don't like it. But it's it's, it's because uh, <laughs> it's because of just what you said. This shouldn't be taking
2: this long. Yeah. Uh, and because uh, it's taking me that long, and then there's something else wrong. But yeah, it's it's when uh, it's also when you feel like the tools and stuff that you use make a backward step. That's very frustrating. Could you elaborate on that? Uh, the only example that comes to mind is kind of the whole like recent event of BuddyBuild like, being acquired by Apple. It's not quite a, develop, like, a coding thing, but it's like part of a workflow. So you used to be able to use BuddyBuild to distribute your apps on iOS and Android to co- testers. Uh, and, ev- and even then upload straight to the app stores. Apple recently bought BuddyBuild and they're stopping the Android uh, distribution from March this year. That's frustrating. It's it's a backward step because it means that we now have to find another solution for that. There aren't many great solutions, and it means that you know productivity will suffer because these development tools are now taking a backward step because of this. You know, business decision, which I I understand, but it's just it's really frustrating in like hmm. when you're trying to run a business or trying to develop products that your yeah. your the tools aren't like uh, trying to help you. You're actually being counter counterproductive so that's a great uh kind of advice there of loads of code but then you'll get really annoyed so you'll want to stop yeah but uh, yeah i think that's anything really i don't think yeah it's well it's it's whole like uh yeah it's kind of that balance that you were saying about keeping on the edge of new technology um because maybe that won't frustrate you as much because people are more understanding of the constraints and yeah, you know. that is interesting. Like with AR, like you can drag objects through a wall. People don't. People are like fine. You know, doesn't <laughs> matter. But if you did that in a game, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, call, call of Duty. You know, thing. you're like, oh, this t- that's so buggy. Mm, yeah. The, yeah, It's kind of uh, expectations, yeah, I guess. around new tech.
1: Oh, great. Um,
0: do you, do you get frustrated uh, learning?
1: um yes i do so recently doing some xcode unity stuff and it's kind of like you see breaking through it's kind of like breaking through those initial barriers you spoke about Mm -hmm. where kind of these simple things can like getting it to run can take some time but then once you've done that you kind of progress then it's those barriers but as i said the reward is good even getting it to run it's like in itself doing that in the same way i spoke about it's rewarding getting the green screen to remove the background you know that kind of reward which i guess <laughs> i like i must like because of what i'm doing <laughs> yeah um but yeah like it does it get easier do we kind of touch about that like does it get easier or do you just do the problems just get more advanced
2: uh the problems get more advanced. Yeah, I think it's like a linear curve where you're yeah. you're still riding like the difficulty versus uh, annoying phases or well, uh, and skill. Um,
0: I think yeah, I think um, sometimes we don't help ourselves by putting, um, well, me personally, impossible timelines against a project. <laughs> uh, and the problem with that is, as you get more advanced programmer. Maybe you become more optimistic, or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. or 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 maybe maybe not. That's maturity, but yeah, there's kind of you can help yourself, and you can sort of be realistic as well with expectations of your programming abilities.
1: Self awareness.
2: Self awareness. Mm. -awareness. That's that's a good topic as well, actually. To be fair, like self awareness would be like when you think you're become like overestimation and underestimation. Um it's very easy w- in the earlier days to uh overpromise because you're like, Yeah, that should be that sh- you know, that f- common phrase should. that should be fine. <laughs> um and yeah, you just have to always avoid that that trap. Yeah. Um because with programming is it's not the exact science, it's unknown. There's loads of unknowns, particularly if it's in new tech. Um you know you could be using the same tools you were yesterday but today they don't work or today they don't offer the same features therefore your job is harder therefore it's going to take longer those type of constraints can always st- always catch you out
1: okay i think we'll wrap it up there it's been an interesting topic and next next time on the podcast we wanted to talk about the kind of business business side of of development so yeah
2: Yep, you can uh, follow along at airbite.fireside fm, which is where the podcast is now hosted.
1: Nice one. Cheers.
2: Cheers, bye. Bye.